Welcome to the Speaker Podcast with your host, Camille Essick. On this podcast, Camille covers topics ranging from entrepreneurship to relationships, to beauty, wellness, and empowerment. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Happy 2020. Welcome back to another episode of the Speaker Podcast. I am your host, Camille Essick. And kicking off the first episode of the year, bringing back my brother and my friend, Prescott Matt. Prez, what's up? What's good? How's everything going? Happy New Year. Thank you. Same to you, too. Um, the last time we talked, you were discussing about your brand kicking off in January, new things going on uh, with uh, Dallas Skyline. So I'm just excited to hear what's going on your way. Man, um, it's been a blessing. Um, we have kicked off preseason underway. Um, we got our full roster set, and it's just um, it's been a blessing to see the support that we have, and to you know, for for basically a dream come true. Like you don't often hear about like someone dreaming about something starting from scratch, and then it actually coming true, but this was something that I um, dreamed about in April, um, went after it, and then literally it didn't exist. Um, Like, there was no existence of the Dallas Skyline until um, we started preseason and had our first preseason game last Sunday um, on January 12th. Congratulations. Yeah, I appreciate it. How did that go? It went well. Um, it went. We had over, you know, uh, our attendance was was over the uh, the what we expected, and it it, it went really really good. Uh, we learned a lot. So luckily, it was just an inner squad game, but it was more like a midnight madness type thing for the fans, mm-hmm. and it it worked out really really well. Um, we learned a lot, so now we kind of know, you know, how to, to do this production of a basketball game, and now we, we kind of got our feet wet, and we're ready to ready to roll for the season. All right, kudos to you and the Dallas Skyline family. That is so what's up. Proud of you, man, for real. appreciate it. So, you know, I brought you back. You know, as I always say, you are the fan favorite of the Speaker Podcast, you are a citizen. You are a member of the Speaker Podcast family. You are just locked in. So, <laughs> welcome back. Yeah, man. I finally figured out how to how to look on Spotify and look at like the stats. And your stats are crazy. And then the fact that I, I saw like um, that very first podcast we had that how like it was one of the most watched um, podcasts on your. Uh, thing and I was like oh that's like she wasn't just like gassing me up that's it's for real yeah they like you out here <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was just like like oh she say that to all her guests no and, I don't <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's up man I'm I'm, I'm happy you you what made it almost a year now and, and it is you you just keep going and it's growing and I um commend you for that it's 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 looking really good out here for 2020. I appreciate it, bro. Thank you. It'll be a year in April, so um, 
I'm not sure what I want to do, but you know me, I will think of something. So. <laughs> the last time we talked, we were discussing about your transition out of divorce into a new relationship. And um, you were talking about during the time when you were married, you were unhappy. So kind of going back to that, what is the impact, particularly for a man, when he's unhappy in a relationship or marriage? What is that like? Um, yeah, I think there's mature men ways to handle it, and then there was immature ways for men to handle it. I think mine was the immature way. Um, I sought out um, attention from other females and um, just um, and it, it wasn't it didn't have anything. The, the sad part is a lot of times it, it doesn't have for a man it doesn't have anything to do um necessarily with the woman you're with it's just um you're you're you may be unhappy with her but what you're doing is not an intention to hurt her it's just like it's just how you react it's how that man reacts and um i reacted by by cheating by um getting attention from other women and um that I feel like it's the immature way, it's the it's the coward way out. Um, but other men, I think the mature way, um, and this does happen, ladies. There are some out there like this where you just communicate, hey, you know, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna cheat on you. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disrespect you, but I'm not happy, so we need to just cut this off. But it's really sometimes hard for men to cut it off because. Um, we had a lot of us, like we talked about before, how it's like a possession thing. A lot of us, we don't want to like break up because um, we don't want anybody else to have you. <laughs> so the good things, the good qualities that you do have, we're, we're like, uh, um, I'm not happy, but I really don't want her going to make someone else happy or doing the things that she does with me with someone else. Um, so it's a, it's a very selfish mind and, uh, but it's, it's very true. It's very real that, you know, men think that way. Um, but like I said, the mature way would be to, uh, communicate like, Hey, I'm not happy. I'm, I'm like, this is just not working out. And then just leave, like, let, let her be, let her be free. Um, it's going to hurt, but like kind of the rip, rip the tape off mentality, just rip the tape off before it gets too deep and I think that's what happened with me and my marriages we got we got too deep um I shouldn't have let it go as long as it did not that I had like an unhappy marriage for a long time because we actually were happy we actually um had really good times but we were together since we were 16 and I think as far as getting married at 21 um we I was just afraid like my mentality being from the church in the church was to not get divorced um, and not uh, and just not go that route and it just um, it just backfired like I, I should have got we should have gotten divorced maybe two years prior two to three years prior than what we what we did and I think we we managed the house we managed to stay together but we it just wasn't, um, it wasn't, it wasn't for us to be together. And so we should have broke it off 
a long time ago, uh, but we didn't. And so I think that causes more damage than, than anything. So let me ask you a couple of questions. One question is, do you feel like the two of you got married too early? My next question is, for a man, what is the breaking point? Like, how do you even get to that point? And then three, is there was there a point where there could have been a repair or could have the re- relationship been salvaged and not have resulted in divorce? Um, yes, like like I said uh, on, the, on our last podcast, if like I had to hit a, a, a maturity threshold and and it's almost where she could have just held on for a little, I might have hit that maturity threshold. Um, for her and and I think like right now I'm the man that she prayed for me to be um but I'm that man for someone else and so um so yeah I think there was there was there could have been um a reconciliation but it just didn't work out that way and yes I do think we got married way too young um I kind of was destined to to be you know what I am now, or what I'm, what I'm becoming, and I think that it was kind of prolonged because I got married too early. Um, but other than that, other than like the selfish reasons of getting married too early, I just think that we were way too young. We weren't. Me, the my decision to propose came from no, from me just feeling pressure that. Um, isn't there like a I pressure in the church to get married? Like it's like a cookie cutter situation. Like, oh, you go to church, yeah, was, you get married. Oh, you it was, like that timetable of do this, do that, do this, do that. Exactly. It was a pressure to get from the church and like not my family necessarily, but just like it was. It was a self, um, a self conflicted pressure just worrying about what people were thinking because we were together so long and because we already kind of lived a married life, I felt people were looking at me like, well, dang, Prescott, when are you going to actually make this woman legitimate? And so I felt that pressure. We went to a Christian school. I would play basketball for a Christian school. Like, I just felt that pressure on me to stop shacking up and, and stop, like, having sex out of wedlock to like all these, all these different um, religious laws type things. I felt this pressure to just, you know, make it legitimate since we were already pretty much married in the state of Texas. We were, we were common law married anyway. Um, it was just, it was a, it was a self-inflicted pressure where I was like, okay, I have like, what's next? You know, you kind of, you when in a relationship, you kind of hit these different stages. Like you date, and then you uh, you go together, <laughs> and then you move in together, and then you or you date, you start having sex, or you go together, whatever order it may be. But you hit these different stages, and then once you hit that stage of like you live together, you got this bank you've opened the bank account together you're doing you're paying bills together you're doing life together then it's like but doesn't that make sense though but doesn't that make sense to a degree like on one end it's like well we might as well what is that song by jagged edge 
uh, we ain't getting no younger. We might as well do this. But it's like, right. on the flip, what if you guys had waited a little bit longer and then got exactly. married? You probably would still have been married versus listening to the right. outside world. And that's one thing for yeah. me. I feel like people should protect their relationship and not allow people to dictate the terms of the relationship. Because then at some right. point you might end up becoming resentful because it was like, I really wasn't ready for this. You know, I wanted yeah. to do this with this person, but not at this time and just give it maybe another year or so. Because I really don't think you can allow people to push you into something if you know you and this other person, you're still learning each other. You know, it's just kind of a get to know you phase. Right. Yeah, it it definitely makes sense. Um, and, and you're right. If we would have just waited a little longer, then maybe we'd still be married. But but yeah, like it was, it was that case where it was like, okay, what the only thing left to do was get married, but that didn't mean what we didn't know or what we didn't understand is that didn't mean get married right now. Like, mm-hmm. yes, that's the next step, but it, we could have waited a couple more years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people, we didn't, we also like got engaged in December and got married the next June. So, or the next July. So, um, we didn't even wait a full year to be engaged. So it was like, we also didn't realize that engagements can last a year and a half, two years. Like Mm -hmm. we just didn't take our time and we rushed everything. And we were young on top of that. And I was, I'm an entrepreneur and was an entrepreneur then she wasn't, but she, she ended up becoming an entrepreneur, but the, I was an entrepreneur. So I'm trying to build a business. It was just all way too much. Um, at a very young age and a lot of times when I tell people my story and that I'm 29 they're like dang you did a lot in <laughs> in your 20s like and I have like I literally lived a whole lifetime in my 20s um and it it just it just happened I wish I could have slowed my life down a little bit in hindsight um but it's all been a blessing it's all been great and so um but yeah, I, I definitely, to answer the question, yes, I think we definitely got married to her. Okay, cool. So, kind of switching gears, you had also mentioned in the previous podcast uh, about guys, how they lie to kick it. First of all, why do guys do that? Like, what's the point? Just be honest. Can you kind of touch on that for the listeners? Like, the whole psychology of why guys lie to kick it. Why not just be your authentic self and then let the woman choose whether or not to deal with you versus the charade of it all. Yeah, I think it's a um, manipulation tactic um, to get what you want. And a lot of guys are afraid of rejection. So, you know, you got to be who you're trying to be for the person you're trying to get. And that's, that's the, um, that's where the lies come in. It's like you, you don't want to tell this girl that hey, you only looking, you're only looking for something physical um, because you're afraid that she won't mess with you, um, or you're not trying. You don't want to tell this girl that you uh, still got baby mama drama, or you still like are trying to get over your baby. Like you, you don't want to tell the girl that basically she a rebound. Um, because <laughs> Whoa! You, not the rebound. <laughs> I'm just saying, like you don't want to tell her that because it, for that reaction right there. Um, and so, yeah, it just it's the it's 
just trying to get what you want out of um, this person and not being able to if you tell the truth. Um, but in reality, like, if you just keep looking, there's somebody down for what you're down for. You just got to, you know, it may take a little bit more time, but um, there's definitely always someone down for what you're down for. So. Got you. So then I have, you know, people that ask me questions about the podcast or, you know, somebody will send you a DM or email you a question. So this is a question as far as um, the dating scenario. So like, let's say a guy meets a young lady and there's obviously there's a vibe like instantly. You can tell they're vibing and they exchange numbers and the guy will text. But then she doesn't hear from him, but you know, he's vibing off of her and vice versa. So how long should the guy wait to truly approach the young lady to ask her out? Like, what is that time frame like? Or is he still trying to um, kind of feel her out and, and see what her personality is like before he asks her out? Um, I think that's very 19, uh, or I can't even say 1950s, maybe like very 1980s. Old school. Where... <laughs> You get that person's number and you wait a while for, uh, you don't call her on the first day, you get her number. Like, to me, if you feel in there, like, why waste a day? <laughs> that's, that's how I see it. Like, we wasting a whole day by uh, me waiting. Like, I can, I can see you tomorrow if I message you. Um, but, um, but if you, like, uh, that, that little rule or whatever, that 90s sitcom rule that don't um, don't call the girl back the first day. I feel um, you, because my opinion is if a guy is doing that, to me, that registers, that it registers as, oh, he's entertaining something else. Exactly. He's trying to get his affairs in order or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. That That's how I would see it, too. So I agree with you. Um, I, for one... Um, I, I'm, I'm not trying to waste a day. Like, it's... it's um, if you like I her, call her. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, if I like you, then I'm calling you that, that day. Like, what am I waiting for? Knowing me, I'll forget. Like, I'll, I'll forget I even got your number. Um, because my life, then life happens. And then I'm out, you know, busy doing whatever. And then, like, I... I completely forget that I need to message you and I need to start the dialogue now so that, you know, I, I begin getting to know you, um, without having to, um, get caught up in my, in my life, um, and forgetting that like, Hey, I, I met this amazing person. I need to message her. I hear you. I just feel like men, when men are fixated on something, they're going to go for it, you know? Regardless of what's going exactly. on, if that's something on your mind, you're gonna you're gonna make that move. So, yeah, I I agree for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess as far as everything else right now, as far as you're transitioning into um, full time basketball with the league and adjusting with your new relationship and the family, how was that going? How was it over the holidays? Uh, with the relationship and the family? The, holiday, the holidays went really, really well, um, actually. We had um, basically our first um, full holiday season together, um, and it was 
good. It was uh, it was something um, that I think made us stronger um, as a family, um, including my ex. Like we we all handled the holidays really well, and um, it so was good. I'm sorry. I, is I your new girl older than you? Okay, this is another question. So why do you like older women? Or why do guys like older women? I don't know. I don't I don't really per se like older women. My girl just happens to be older than me. Gotcha. Um, it's not a trait that I that I look for, like, hey you got like how old are you? Oh yes, you I'm asking because I know some guys that do and vice versa. Like I know some women that like older men, like they like the age gap. I was just curious. I just wanted to know. So, yeah, no, I mean, I think it it is an asset for for her to be older than me because um, there's certain you know parts of our relationship that um, are handled more maturely mm-hmm. um, than I'm used to. But it's not something that like you know I'm I'm kind of beyond my years anyway. So right. it's, it's not really like she is older than me like mentally. Um, she's just older than she just been on earth a, a little longer than me. Right, because um, you have an old so, soul anyway. So yeah, exactly. So it's not it's not really prominent in our relationship, but I guess the, in other people's relationships, they just like um, you know someone being having a little bit more experience and, and knowing a little bit more about um, life than they do or handling things. Or like if you do have an old soul, you kind of mesh with someone that is older um, because that you kind of think you kind of on the same, same uh, wavelength. Uh, exactly. How is your son adjusting with the new girlfriend versus mom and oh, how's the situation? It's good. Uh, they, you know, get along. They, they are you know, actually very close. Um, so it, it's been a, it's been an actually really smooth transition. It's, 2019 was a good year to me, and I pray 2020 is the same. Mm-hmm. But it's been a, it was a smooth transition. That's awesome. So, what is on the books for the Dallas Skyline going into 2020? We have our regular season um, underway, and uh, we will. We, our website is. Um, our schedule is on our website, DallasSkylineBC.com, and we have we are just um, looking to bring a championship to Dallas. Uh, we, we won a CBO championship. It's, it's kind of championship or bust um, for us. And again, we have plenty of uh, community engagements that are scheduled and and up and running. And so we. We just plan to be a part of our community, um, be a blessing to others, but win and win basketball games. That's awesome. With the Dallas Skyline, do you have any community projects going on, like outreach or um, any other give back situations, uh, events that you have planned for the year? Yeah, one of the one of our main uh, community engagements is uh, we're doing uh, we're partnering with Highland Park United Methodist Church. Um, to um, be, uh, I lost my train of thought. Highland Park United Methodist Church. Oh, we're we're 
uh, partnering with them for a three-on-three tournament called Swishing for a Mission, mm-hmm. and all the proceeds from this tournament will go to kids going on mission trips. Oh, and nice. So, um, so yeah, it, it's an amazing event. Um, it's really big every year, so we're just um, appreciative of Highland Park letting Dallas Skyline be a part of it this year and um, being a co-sponsor uh, in it. So, yeah, it's we got we got plenty. Um, I know you know we don't want to. I can go all day talking about what Skyline can do. So, no, that's what um, this platform is for. Is you know we talk about relationships and everything here, but I also create the space for um, my guests to also promote their brand, their platform. So when that event comes around, I would love to have you back, um, and we can discuss that. Well, yeah, it's, it's actually coming up pretty fast. So it's okay. um, February uh, 20th through the 25th. Okay. And it is um, it's going to be all five of those days. And it's going to be a really big tournament. We have kids from all age groups playing. So from uh, starting from, like, I think third and fourth grade all the way up to high schoolers will be participating in this three on three tournament and it'll be it'll be amazing. Like it'll it'll have it'll be a really good turnout. It's gonna be Highland Park United Methodist Church is the church that's right by. And um it's a it's one of the biggest churches here and it uh they just built an, a new um indoor basketball court and so um that's where the tournament will be and it it's gonna be you know, a fun time, I think, and it, it serves a really good purpose, gives, gives these kids a chance to have some money that wouldn't afford, that couldn't afford mission trips, mm-hmm. but gives them a chance to go um, out of the country to serve, you know, um, serve the Lord in, in other countries and, and, you know, do a service to um, countries that are a little bit less fortunate than the United States. Oh, Prez, that's amazing. And for those that want to connect with you, where can they find you on um, social media? Um, my social media is at GoodPassP, and um, the team's social media is at Dallas Skyline PC. So it's on all platforms, um, GoodPassP on Twitter and Instagram, and then uh, at Dallas Skyline PC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Awesome. And that's our website as well. Awesome. Press, thank you so much for joining me. Everyone, I hope you got something from this episode. This is your host, Camille Essek. You're listening to the Speaker Podcast. And until next time, be blessed. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode of the Speaker Podcast with your host, Camille Essek. You can reach Camille via email at kimikimiglasses at gmail.com and Catch new episodes of the Speaker Podcast on Spotify, Google Podcast, SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. Follow Camille on Instagram at Kimiki Mink. Until next time, be blessed.